Welcome to Lake Mount Worship Center, connecting you to the life-changing presence of Jesus Christ. We hope that you are blessed and inspired by today's message. It is so um, good to be with you today. Uh, Pastor Matt obviously is not here. I know we look like twins sometimes, but... Uh, brother from another mother, right? <clears throat> uh, when, he, when he started this, the series on worship, uh, my heart leapt, got excited, really excited, not because I thought somehow I might be up here uh, being able to minister on this topic, but just because of how deep the, the truth of worship is and how necessary for all of us uh, to understand how worship is that doorway into the glory of God in all the earth and how it's the glory of God in our lives and it's the glory of God in our services. But it begins with the understanding of his worth and his value. So Father, we come right now in the wonderful name of Jesus. You know my emotional state And I just give it to you, Lord. I pray, spirit of revelation, as has been prayed at the very beginning, Lord, would just overflow us today. And that, Lord, you who are that intimate, personal, loving God, that you would give us a greater glimpse, a greater, greater glimpse, understanding and insight into you, that our worship would flow and flow and flow and your glory and your name would be honored. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So when I came in this morning and prayer started, the young lady that came up and began leading, she was singing about Jesus being beautiful. And I have in my notes, God is transcendently beautiful. We want to start with this understanding. See, The Bible gives us this picture of uh, initially of this unknown God, and it's kind of like our relationship where he just announces himself in the beginning God. He just declares this, this, I'm here, and he starts off with this picture of I'm your creator. And that is the place where many times we need to come and we need to just rest, we need to just stop right there and understand that everything that is, everything that you see, everything that you know, these uh, massive telescopes that are going out throughout the satellites, excuse me, with telescopes going out throughout the universe, everything that is out there is a declaration of the God who is the creator, who is the God who made you. He's the God who formed you. He's the one that made you and created you. And so the Bible begins with this, this picture of this God who creates, but it doesn't give us a picture of the fullness of what that means. And so throughout scripture, we have this, this, this constant ongoing opportunity for revelation of who God is. This constant uh, depth of having the ability to see him clearer, to know him deeper. And so holiness is perfection. Holiness is beauty personified. The world has this, has this hatred toward the church because many times how we've presented holiness is by rules and regulations. 
don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that, but we never ever say why. We don't give explanation. And so the Bible tells us this, the Bible tells us that God is love. Can I get an amen? God is love, so everything that he does flows out of his holy love. It flows out of his holy love toward you and his holy love toward me. So anytime God ever says to you, don't do this, it is for your protection and it is because he loves you. Oh, come on. Come on. Bare minimum, all you dads out there should be saying amen. <laughs> because dads, you know what it's like, right? You know, sometimes you gotta say, son, daughter, eh, you ain't doing that. And you're not saying that because you don't love them. You're saying that because of how much you love them. How much you care for them. How much you want to protect them. So everything that God is, all that flows out of him is because of his love. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Many of you were doing that this morning. You're gazing upon the beauty of the Lord. Worship the Lord in the splendor or the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. You see, we have to understand that whatever is beautiful, you will worship. Whatever you deem in your mind, in your thinking to be beautiful, you will worship. Whatever in your heart, in your mind, whether you're young or old, you think is transcendent, you're going to worship that. And so in our broken state, we establish ideologies that are not righteous and are not holy, and then we give ourselves to them and try to think that somehow they will fill the void on the inside of us, and they can't do it. And so beauty and truth are connected. And that is why the truth of God and the beauty of who he is is the very thing that enables a society to be built upon blessing and create blessing in the life of that society. And so in your life and in my life, worship is that opportunity whereby we come and we begin to gaze upon the beauty of who he is. I want to continue to focus on who he is, not on what he does. Because when we come before him, and we want to see him for who he is, we recognize that the revelation of who he is will flow into, obviously, his activity and the work that he will do. You worship, your worship will be equal to your revelation. Your worship will be equal to your revelation. Your thanksgiving, your gratitude, your praise are all linked to how you see this awe-inspiring God. Isn't it interesting that in the Bible there's over 700 names and titles for God? 
is because one is not enough. Two is not enough. Three is not enough. He is beyond description. He is beyond explanation. He is constantly revealing himself to us to give us an understanding more fully of who he actually is. Worship is man's response to God's revelation of himself. So what is happening when you come in here and you begin to worship the Lord, it's not about the music, as Pastor Matt has been saying, and it's not about the words of the song. It is about our heart and your heart. It's about my heart relationship with this individual. God is a person. Amen? He is alive. He is living. And this is a love relationship that you and I have with him. And because I love him, the song that we last sang, we'll be singing again later, it's, this is the very essence. So there's only one person in the Bible, this might shock you, who actually says those three words to God. And it's David in Psalm 18, where he says, I love you, O Lord. You think, well, why, how, how come Isaiah doesn't say it? And how come Moses doesn't say it? And, and how come Jeremiah doesn't say it? And I'm sure that they did. But recorded in scripture, there's only one person that literally was this, this, this he, he couldn't keep it inside himself. He had to express it. He had to loose it as it were. He had to let it out. He couldn't hold it in any longer where he had to come and he had to literally put it in writing, not knowing that it was going to be scripture and be there forever. But he was saying, Lord, I love you. Because when you, when you begin to see what God is after in scripture, he tells us what the Jews call the Shema, the, the hearing Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy mind, thy soul, and thy strength. So everything that God is after out of you is a love relationship. And that love relationship is expressed in how I come before him in worship. It's expressed in how I come early to church and not late. Because I don't want to disrupt other people's worship. Because I want to be early like I would be for a date. Like I would be for my wife. Because I want to show her how important she is. Are you with me? Can't say amen, say ouch. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Worship is an expression of not just what I do in those half an hour, 40 minutes, based on what church you may attend, five minutes, 10 minutes. It is my lifestyle. We understand that, right? We understand that it's my lifestyle first and foremost, it's how I live in loving obedience to God and loving submission to him. I understand that first, but then secondly, it is that praise and that honor and that glory and that thanksgiving because he is worthy, eternally worthy, because he is God and there is nobody like him and he is, he, he can, there are not enough words to give him praise. There's not enough tongues to give him praise. There's not enough. 
Like, we really got to get the picture, right, of, of this transcendent God who sits above space and time, matter and antimatter, and every dimension. He rules and he reigns. Just the, our theology helps our worship. When you have proper biblical theology of who this God is and how he has transcended himself, and listen, how he has condescended himself. In the incarnation. See, this, this, is the, this is the mind-boggling thing, at least for me. I've said this to you before. I'll say it to you again. <laughs> he didn't have to do it. He didn't have to come. He didn't have to bleed. He didn't have to be whipped. He didn't have to have the crown of thorns put on his. He didn't have to be spat on. But he did. He did it for me. See, that's my, my worship and my praise. I don't care what you're doing. I'm not being mean. It's not about you. It's about him. It's about what he did for Stephen Wade Wesley. He's an intimate, personal God. You, like you, this is... <laughs> he didn't have to do it, but he did. And so when I come to praise him and I come to worship him, if there was for nothing else... My praise and my worship should be radical. It should be, get ready now, <clears throat> it should be fanatical. <laughs> because if you look at his love, his love was fanatical love. It was fanatical that he would become a man. It, would be, it was fanatical that he would take all that on himself so that he could buy us back when we're spitting on him and we're whipping him and we're rejecting him and he is saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That vision should be in our sight, whether it be thanksgiving, whether it be dancing, whether it be praising, whether it be prostrating ourselves before him. That is the vision that it should be one of the things that comes to mind when we come in. Because I want to say to him now, listen to me, every day I'm grateful for the cross. Every day I'm grateful for his love. This is a love affair. This is a love affair. John 15, 16, you did not choose me. You did not choose me. Some of you second and third and fourth and fifth generation Christians. <laughs> you say, I really didn't have much of a choice in this. My mom and my daddy dragged me to church. I was born in church. I slept in church. <laughs> praise him. <laughs> I'm serious. Praise him. Do you know what you were freed from? <laughs> 
Come on, I'm serious. Put your hands together. If you're second, third, fourth generation Christian, you need to praise the Lord that you were saved from so much darkness. You were saved from so many things. Woo! Yeah, somebody, please. (laughs) You did not choose me, but I chose you. But I chose you. I chose you. I, I don't know, maybe you need to shut your eyes and just hear that from the spirit of the living God resting upon you. I chose you. I, God says, I chose you. He marked you. He put his hand upon you. He put his spirit within you because he loved you and he had a plan and he had a purpose. It's not something to take lightly. So when, again, when we come into worship, I get to look up at the face of the one who said, Stephen, Stephen, you've run your own road long enough. It's time to come home. We've got work to do. It's, it's the, the, the one who called me and took the scales off my eyes to see my sinfulness and see my need for God and to recognize that I can't do life without him. That this God-shaped vacuum that I have on the inside can't be filled with stuff. It can't be filled with money. It can't be filled with praise. It can't be filled with anything that the world has to offer me. The only way that I can be fulfilled and the only way that I can be satisfied is because I'm in a love affair relationship with the God of creation. That's how I am fulfilled. That's how my life can be everything that it is meant to be. Uh, David said, you have said, seek my face. Don't seek my hand. Don't seek my knees. (laughs) Don't seek my feet. Seek my face. Moses said, Lord, show me your face. He said, Moses, Moses, no man can see my face and live. And yet he's saying, seek my face. I, want you to, I don't want you to know about me. I want you to know me. I don't want you to be able to give a theological description of who I am. Listen, I want you to experience me. I want you to have firsthand knowledge of who I am, of how I work. You said, God says, seek my face. There's a cry going out from the Spirit of God in this precursor to the revival that God is bringing, that he's saying, seek my face. You heard it last week in the message. What's your attendance at prayer meetings? Can't say amen, say ouch. There's pre-service prayer. Get ready. I'm going to Pakistan and Uganda so you can't chase me down in the next week. So I can say this because you, I won't be around for you to come after me. Well, why isn't the prayer meeting this full? Why not? Well, it's Sunday and I'm, I'm resting from my work all week and... I need that extra hour sleep because I stayed up so much later on Saturday night than I do on regular nights. And you know, church will be there when I get there. She's quiet. 
You know I'm saying this out of love, right? Can I say it again? You know I'm saying this out of love. Why am I saying it at all? Why? Because I know what you'll find when you come here. So let me say it to you another way. If the only time you're worshiping God is when you come to church, then your worship and the church worship will never transcend to the place of where God wants it to be. But if you are a worshiper, because this is the heart of it, if you hear the Spirit of God saying, seek my face, if he wouldn't ask you to do it, listen, he wouldn't ask you to do it unless he wanted to show it to you. Why would God say, seek my face and then go, Right? Why would he say, seek my face and then go hide? He says, seek my face so that I can show you my face. And David says, my mind says. No. He doesn't say my mind says. He says, my heart. My heart says, your face I will seek. My heart, not my mind, my heart says, your face I will seek. We love him because he first loved us. And this is where worship is reciprocal love. It is, it is that place of recognizing how much the Lord has loved us by saving us, by giving us the spouse that he's given us, by giving us the children that he's given us, by giving us the job that he's given us, by giving us the home that he's given us, by giving us the wisdom that he's given us, or, or the, the, the potential for all the blessing of God to come into our life. There's a, there is a reciprocal response, a recognition that it all comes from the hand of God. And so I want to come before him. And when I get that opportunity to come before him and lift him up, it's like, I, Lord, listen, hey, hey, I just met with you yesterday morning. I talked with you in the afternoon. I talked with you at night. And I was here in early service prayer. And many people do the devotions before they even come to that. And I just want to, hey, I'm on the same line. I'm on the same level. There is nobody equal to you. There's nobody like you. You are the great and awesome God. You're the lover. And it was in the song today. You are the lover of my soul. You are the lover of my soul. You love me. And it is, it is impossible for me to go through my life without recognizing that the very center, the very essence, the very everything is about my giving you back the love that you have already given to me. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. Deuteronomy 36. I want to speak to young people here. Second generation Christians who are present or maybe even first generation, but you're young. I want to say this to you. 
God has no grandchildren. You've probably heard that before. God only has children. But God speaks to children. God speaks to young people. God wants to put vision in your life, in your heart, for your future. Where you're going to go to school. What subject you're going to take. He wants to give you an idea of how to be a good husband, how to be a good father, how to be a good wife. He wants to fill you up with truth from his word in your youth so that it will carry you through your whole life and you will go from blessing to blessing to blessing to blessing. Come on, mom and dad, can I get an amen? amen. He wants to circumcise our hearts. He wants to take our heart of flesh and he wants to take all the fleshliness that's wrapped around it that prevents it from being responsive to the spirit of the living God. And he wants to take those things away from us and give us a purity of heart that responds to his spirit, that we can love him not from our mind, not because it's, it looks good, not because it's religious. You know, I've been trained in this from the time I was a child. No, but because of a living love affair between me and him, I live for him. I do what he asked me to do. I share my faith. But I want to speak to you young people. I want to speak to you about your quiet time. You have the God of the universe waiting to spend time with you. And I want to hear this. He made you. He knows you. He knows what you would like to do with your life. He knows where you'd like to go with your life. But I'm telling you, it all comes from him. And that when you begin spending time with him and you begin to worship him, sing a song to him, oh, I would never do that. No, you crazy, man. You is crazy. I am not singing in my room to nobody. Just, just, just not happening. But I'm telling you, if you do it, and if you learn to do it, and then he starts showing up, and he starts revealing his face to you, your life will be transformed. Listen, and people will recognize your face has changed. Your face is not the same. Depression is gone. Come on. Anxiety is gone. Fear for the future is gone. Why? Because you can't look in his face and have fear because perfect love casts out fear. The fear can't stay. The fear has to go. The worry has to go. The anxiety has to go. The depression has to go. Why? Because I see his face. His face is looking at my face and telling me, I love you. I have plans for you. I have purpose for you. Trust in me. Woo! Yes! Eight minutes, really? Ain't gonna happen. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> I'll be quick, I promise. 
So in the book of Revelation 15, I just want to touch on this real quickly. It speaks about two songs in heaven. Song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. I say, Lord, what's going on with that? And obviously the song of Moses was the song that they sang. There's two of them actually, but the song that they sang when God delivered them from the Pharaoh and his army at the sea when Miriam took up her tambourine and began to dance before the Lord and sing praise to God. And the song of the Lamb obviously is the song of the saints of giving thanksgiving to God for the deliverance that he gives in our lives. It's a picture of the Old Testament saints and the New Testament saints, both of us being at, the, at, the, at that precipice, at that river or that water crossing where the enemy was on our back and we had no way of getting out. And we were in fear for our lives and we were in fear for our future. And then God stepped in and he opened the sea and he not only delivered us, but he defeated the enemy. Somebody say amen. Amen. And so whether Old Testament or New Testament, God's nature and God's character has not changed. And so the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb is a song of praise to God for victory, for deliverance, for overcoming, for God's grace and power in our lives. Amen. And so that is that song that comes out of us that, listen, if you're sitting, if you're at a place right now where you feel that I'm, I got the enemy at my back and there's a river in front of the water in front of me and I can't cross over, God's got you covered. God has got you covered. And so your praise flows out even ahead of time because the word of the Lord tells you that that is what he's going to do on your behalf. When I ask you this question, where does your revelation of worship begin? Where does your revelation of worship begin? Because I want to say this to you, God wants to build on it. But it has to begin somewhere. So when you come into the house of the Lord, are you waiting for the, for the, for the songs to get you stirred, to help you worship? Or do you come in already because of your weekly, daily meditation and life and worship that you already, you're just, you're kind of like, uh, you know, you're, you've already been primed. It's, you've already been primed, right? You know how you have the, the old pumps where to get the water out of the well? No, no, my, my well is right here, baby. The water's right here. Just give me the opportunity. Just give me the opportunity to open my mouth. Just give me the opportunity to lift my hands. I see him as my savior. I see him as my father. I know him as my provider. I know he is my healer. I'm ready to praise him. Will you just give me the opportunity because I want to let it out. I got a video I want to show you. It was originally not a video. It was originally a message. Seven minutes of a message that was so profound and so powerful. It's over 50 years old or close to 50 years old. That when others heard it, they were like, oh my. What a beautiful, beautiful representation of God and his power and his glory. If you can, I'm going to ask you to shut your eyes because the, you know, what happened was originally it was just audio, but over the years because of technology, they put all these pictures to go with it and they can be distracting. And so whenever you're ready, you can let that fly. And we just want to consider for a minute our Lord, our master, our king, our savior. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like more information on who we are, visit our website at lakebound.ca or download our app for your mobile device. 